You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Members of the public got their first peek at the new Bridgeport Indoor Sports and Recreation Complex last night during the Bridgeport City Council meeting. Um, Architects presented a short video, walked viewers through the digital rendering of the facility. $55 million, 155,000 square foot facility uh, being planned near the current recreation complex at Charles Point. Joining us now on the program is uh, Bridgeport City Councilman Dustin Vincent. Good morning, Dustin. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. Thanks for taking some time. Was it, uh, does the video do this complex justice of what it's going to be when it's completed um, in 2020? As impressive as that uh, nine-minute video was that was shown last night by our architect, uh, I can actually say that it does not do it justice. Uh, it was a it was a great sneak peek at a lot of the things that uh, are going to be offered as part of the complex, but there's actually so much more uh, versatility in uses and programming that can be done uh, that was not shown in that video. That really it's just the tip of the iceberg. Okay, so what will be the primary uh, purpose of the complex initially? <clears throat> well, it's a, it, it is actually to serve uh, multiple purposes, and and, and it's patterned uh, a lot after the existing outdoor rec complex that we have uh, there at the same location, and. And, and basically, there's uh, the potential for really good uh, tournaments to be held on the weekends, uh, which we currently have about 17 uh, pretty good-sized baseball tournaments throughout the year at the existing complex. And then uh, throughout the week, it offers uh, really an amazing facility for, for local use. Uh, so it does serve two purposes. So it'll be really good for the local, local community, but what kind of an impact do you think this will make regionally, things like the tournaments and, and other concepts like that? See, as an economic uh, uh, driver, I mean, th- th- this this facility really will have, uh, I-, I believe, a noticeable impact on the area. And, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, when you have an economic uh, engine that brings tourism and brings people from outside in, uh, that's kind of what increases the the bottom dollar, so to speak, in, in your area. And, you know, if we have uh, you know a certain amount of people within the north central West Virginia area uh, shopping at stores owned by those people, uh, basically they're just you know moving money around and, and, and trading things back and forth. But when you can bring in two to three thousand people uh, from four and five hours away uh, for a weekend, and they stay here at the area hotels. Uh, shop at the area stores, eat at the area restaurants. That's outside money being brought into North Central West Virginia. That uh, you know that ultimately a good bit of that will stay here uh, and, and really increases the uh, financial situation for for a lot of business owners in the area. So uh, we we do see the impact uh, that it could have as a very positive thing. Bridgeport City Councilman Dustin Vincent joining us talking about the new indoor rec center plans were unveiled. Last night during the city council meeting, uh, is this just part of that that larger development there at Charles Point, and what else could spring up around this new facility? Yeah, really, the uh, you know there, there's a lot of possibilities. Uh, they're really endless with with Charles Point and, and White Oaks and, and the surrounding area within Bridgeport that uh, that is around this rec complex, I and mean, it's positioned uh, in a very good location there next to the airport and right off of uh, 279. Uh, gives great access from the interstate, and, and uh, there's so much potential and land there for growth that it, it really could spur off uh, for you know support businesses and other restaurants and different things that uh, 
would want to locate there as a result of it. This obviously didn't just pop up overnight. Uh, how long has this been in the works, and what kind of planning and preparation has gone on behind the scenes that you know many folks might, may not be aware of? No, that's, that's, that's a great question. And, and actually, we had a former, uh, several former mayors and, and council members in attendance last night. And one actually made the comment that uh, back in the 1970s, some residents uh, came to city council meetings in Bridgeport and said that uh, some, some indoor facilities you know, needed to be addressed. We do have uh, questionnaires and surveys back into the 1990s where it really started picking up. So this has been an idea in the works for quite a long time. Now, as far as this specific one, we started uh, about five years ago uh, with the idea. Uh, we hired a firm to do a feasibility study. As part of that feasibility study, we set up focus groups uh, with many different organizations, anything from senior citizens to youth soccer groups, youth basketball, uh, volleyball, swim. Uh, about 250 people involved in that process set them down in uh, groups, talked to them about needs, you know, what, what, what could be done to help satisfy some of the uh, area needs with each of those groups. Took that information back. We had an online survey that was put out to the city. Uh, we had 900 and some people respond to that with ideas uh, that, you know, they thought needed to be addressed as part of a complex. And all that information was, was utilized over the last five years to help uh, develop the plan and, and, and the overall building that, uh, that was revealed last night. You know, obviously, if if this has an impact on overall business development, whether it be opening new shops and restaurants and things like that in the area, that's one thing. But through the facility itself, will there be some new job creation here? Yes. Yeah. And, and so we have uh, projections based upon uh, programs that we expect to offer, uh, that we plan to offer. And what, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, the different aquatics programs and basketball programs and and things, but with the, the jobs that we created, some of them will be building maintenance, uh, general manager, program manager, things like that. So we're expecting uh, anywhere from a dozen to 16 full-time positions, and then depending upon, you know, I'll use lifeguards as an example. Uh, it could be anywhere from you know 25 to 40 plus uh, part-time positions to go along with it. Talking to Dustin Vincent, Bridgeport City Council, the new indoor rec center. Uh, Bids are already, or requests for proposals already out. Bids coming in, hoping to get construction started uh, this summer. It's a $55 million project, Dustin. Uh, what does the funding look like for this project? So the project is fully funded by the 1% sales tax. So you probably remember this is where it started was several years back. A lot of the uh, area municipalities as part of the home rule uh, projects were looking to implement a 1% sales tax, uh, some of them for various reasons, whether it was, you know, paying unfunded liabilities or retirement accounts or, or what have you. Uh, Bridgeport's fortunate to have always operated in the black and uh, really didn't need to implement that sales tax for any of those purposes, but saw the opportunity uh, to use that to build this facility that could like we're talking about, drive economic impact and really uh, improve the quality of life, you know, not just for citizens of Bridgeport, but in the entire area. I just want to back so, up a second, Dustin. When when you guys pitched the 1% sales tax, you know, I mean, obviously city council had to approve it, but you have to pitch that to voters. You have to get people on board. 
uh, with such a proposal. When you went to them and said, hey, if if you're on board with this, we can make this this great sports complex happen, and, and here's the things that we might be able to do. What kind of reactions did you get from people? Because you know, most most of the time, people are adverse to any kind of a sale, any any kind of a tax increase. Uh, no, that's a, it's a great question, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, the reaction was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I can actually speak for myself that my first reaction to the idea was, well, we don't need to implement a one percent sales tax to pay any bills and you know let's uh let's let's not do so um that was my actual first reaction was we don't need to let's not but as we sat and discussed it as a group and saw really for for that amount and for the investment what could come back in uh and what could be provided um and, and then just a spinoff uh type of uh improvements to the city and, and like I said, quality of life and really just an item like that uh, helps solidify property values and everything else moving forward where, you know, people want to reside in an area that has amenities offered uh, somewhere to that. So there were so many positive benefits that as we discussed it, we saw, uh, you know, some of those and they would come to light. And as we were talking to citizens, getting that information out there, there was, like I said, the reaction was, so much more positive than, than what I expected it would be. Uh, so I think a lot of people share the vision and understand really what it could provide. Dustin Vincent, Bridgeport City Council, uh, the new indoor recreation center, or complex, it's going to be a complex, not just a center. Uh, let me see, six basketball courts, six volleyball courts, a natatorium, competition-sized swimming pool, indoor walking track, indoor turf field, and a fitness center. Not too shabby. Let me ask one more question then in regards to the fact that there are all of these various resources now for your local community. And you said, you know, this could be used on on a day-to-day basis, maybe not as much on the weekends where bigger tournaments could be coming in or something. But do you see this being something where there's a membership or is there just a fee or is it even free to the community where people can come and use some of these resources? Yeah, that, that, that's a Great question. Uh, there will be uh, a membership and, and fees associated, uh, and those are not determined yet, uh, but we are uh, working with a firm uh, that we have selected that is basically uh, probably the best in the country at managing sports and recreation complexes. Uh, they have a lot of experience in it. They're also helping us with the programming, and so not just fees and what to charge for, for memberships, um, but let's just say you you know to sign up a uh, someone for youth uh, basketball mm-hmm. league you know that may last two and a half months. What the fees should be uh, for that registration, that type of thing. So we're working with them on uh, all those numbers and putting that programming package together currently. Dustin Vincent, Bridgeport City Council. We look forward to uh, seeing this go up out at Charles Point. No, it's very exciting, and uh, I'm glad we were able to you know put some of the design and information and, and show the public. Uh, what's coming and and like i said feedback last night was uh, extremely positive so uh everyone's excited i wish uh, we could get it open even quicker (laughs) same here dustin we appreciate the time this morning thank you very much sir thank you have a good day dustin vince of bridgeport city council uh plans are to get construction started this summer and uh i had it highlighted here somewhere um 2020 2020 is when they hope to get it opened up uh late summer early fall fall. Mm -hmm. yeah i did have it highlighted see yeah uh, coming up, we'll talk FTDR in just a moment. I saw some reaction. I don't know. I'm a glutton for punishment. This was before my Facebook page turned to Korean, I guess. 
Um, <laughs> folks up uh, in uh, Montague County, Morgantown, lamenting that they don't have this type of complex. And I went, yes, you do. It's at Milan Park. Here's the difference, though. Here's the funny thing. Milan Park, they have done all that. Not a dime of taxpayer money is going into that up there. So keep that in mind, Montegalia Countyans. Uh, the new track, the new swimming complex at Montegalia County Park, that or, or uh, Milan Park, excuse me, is being done. That that whole complex up there, not the same, but similar to what Bridgeport yeah. is doing. It doesn't have the basketball courts. Doesn't have the basketball courts. Baseball, but we have our own huge baseball complex. Baseball brand complex, new track. So. There's indoor facilities up there through Pro Perform. Look, and all that's done without taxpayer money. Think about yeah. that for a second. Coming up, we're going to talk FTDR. Speaking of uh, spending taxpayer money, the list is overwhelming, but I'm going to try to be the eternal optimist that you all know that I am. He said jokingly. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm going to try to be positive here as I look at this list uh, because it is extensive. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here? Tom Bloom also plagiarizing this show. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, Right now, let's get an update from the Metro News Anchor Desk. Find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. Now, back to the talk of the town on WAJR. We'll talk FTDR 2.0 coming up. Also, we'll uh, dissect Morgantown's third ward a little bit. We'll try not to spend too much time on it. It can it can, can become mind-numbing. But I want to take you back to Friday, Sarah. Anything Goes Friday. Had a lot of great calls on Anything Goes Friday, right? Absolutely. Well, Bob called in. A ton of great calls. Bob called in. He had this idea. I think he called it Awful April. Okay. And yeah, he right, right. And, and he was the one who planted the seed. We ought to have some sort of like a bracket challenge for the bad roads. Mm-hmm. And then you and I kind of expanded on that and said, oh, we could have a 64 field tournament, so on and so forth. <laughs> sure. Well, now we have controversy as Montague County Commission President Tom Bloom at our at our urging, mind you, mm-hmm. although tongue in cheek urging. Has taken off and run with this. <laughs> well, guess who has called in this morning? <laughs> Bob has called Bob. in about this this controversy. Good morning, Bob. Hey, Sarah. Good morning to you there. How you doing, Bob? Hey, that was, well, David, it was April awfulness. That's April awfulness. That's, that's right. That's April right. awfulness. And, you know, the, the thing that really gets me is... Uh-huh. Uh, once again, a politician has appropriated a good idea from the private sector, but in a, he, but he, he has ruined it, you know. I mean, my suggestion was that the winner gets a new set of shock absorbers for his car. Oh, right, right, right. Tom's going to give away some groceries. Well, you know, if you go in the grocery store, you get a dozen eggs, and you ride across some of these potholes, uh, you're going to have a dozen scrambled eggs by the time you get back to your house. <laughs> well, but, Bob, uh, you know, I, I, uh, go I, ahead. I say we put the challenge out there right now to him. If he's going to run with the idea that you brought up on this show and that we kind of expanded on, then the winner of his little contest should get a new set of shock absorbers. <laughs> I, I, I'm fully behind that, Dave. I mean, you know. Uh, you, you, can, you can get a dozen scrambled eggs at McDonald's, you know, on yeah. a biscuit. But, uh, you know, your car repairs, on the other hand, are something that's going to cost a little bit more. 
So I'm I'm saying we stick with shock absorbers. All right, Bob. Well, we'll we will uh, put the pressure on. How's that for you? I think that'd be a good idea, Dave. I mean, I, I, I actually hope that would be a contest that the radio station could do, but you know, it's been stolen by a politician. That's well, not the know. first time. Yeah. I know. You, well, can, you just can't stop them, you know? <laughs> you, 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 you stay on top of that, Dave. We'll work on it, Bob. We appreciate oh, your call, buddy. Thank you, Bob. All right. Oh, this, nice. has been good. Day. <laughs> this has been good. <laughs> good for a good laugh today. You know, I, I think, you know, if, if Bob wanted to, does he have a case? <laughs> does he yeah. have a case here? Intelli- I mean, it's intellectual uh, property. Didn't copyright it, though. It might be tough to prove in court. Right. Might be tough to prove. <laughs> oh, jeez. He's got a point, though. I mean, shock absorbers. It, uh, yeah. Maybe yeah. spring for a new set of tires. I've been I've been a couple rims in the past yeah. couple years. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, Bloom's out there taking credit. Not not even <laughs> didn't even give us a did a story on TV. Didn't even give us a mention. Oh. He wants us to draw names out of a pothole. Oh, right. You know, draw names out of a pothole. Uh, if you go to wvmetronews.com, you will uh, you will not find the bracket challenge. What you will find is a link to all of the lists, plural, from the uh, 10 DOH districts. Each county pretty much has submitted a list. Uh, Montague County, for example, uh, I mean, you're in the neighborhood of maybe 150 roads. Fairmont Road, you should see the list. Just Fairmont Road alone, Sarah, you can go through, and there's a couple of dozen areas of Fairmont Road. I mean, all of Fairmont Road, Montague County needs asphalt. All of it. All of it. <laughs> uh, you go through the list, and they got 99 problems. <laughs> okay, I won't do it. I was going to do it. The word of the day. All right, here, here's here's... The, the five keywords that I took out, I looked at Montague County, Marion, Preston, Taylor, and Harrison. Here are the most common words that I found. Ditching. You see where I was going there? Uh, mill and fill. Massive ditching. Stabilization. Roads are just falling over the hill. Yeah. And mowing. Those seem to be the most common um, items in in the greater DOH district, what are we? District mowing. four. I, it, look, I I don't want to downplay expertise or physical abilities, but how can we not hire people for mowing? <laughs> this is why I said I'm going to remain optimistic here. Now follow me. I see you've got that look in your eye uh. that scares me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're talking about ditching. We're talking about. Massive ditching, mowing, stabilizing mill and fill. Okay. Mm-hmm. We don't need now, – now, it's a little more complicated than this. We're talking about guys that – and gals and, and people. i just use the general term. We need employees yeah. who can swing a weed eater. We need employees who can operate a shovel. We need employees – and, yes – it's not easy work, no, and maybe and, that's and, why we can't find people. And there's some skill involved, but you don't have to be an engineer right. to do this. We need folks who can operate a grader. We need folks who can operate a backhoe. We need folks who can operate a tractor. You're telling me there aren't folks in Preston County 
who can't operate a tractor and a brush hog and could mow or have this equipment? And, and I think, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, Montague County Commission President Tom Bloom, we've, we've kind of been ripping on him this morning and having some just, fun. Just, yeah. But Good old-fashioned fun. I, I think his point when he was talking about wanting to contract workout is being able to, to hire, let's see Kyle standing over on the other side of the glass, Kyle Wiggs, who's got a John Deere, got a blade, got a shovel, and can ditch a mile of road. I think that's where he was going. Now, I get it. It gets so much more complicated than that and so on and so forth. But I'm well, holding out liability hope. And, I mean, I mean, there are. There are a lot of logistics. And, but yes, there are massive stretches of road that need to be ripped mm-hmm. out, repaved, that it's going to take a contractor to do it. I get that. But you're telling me you can't – can we not mobilize a workforce? I mean, people complain all day long. Oh, we can't find good jobs. There are jobs. Summer jobs. Can we not mobilize a temporary workforce? From June to September? No different than retail at Christmas time. And really put a hurt on Mm -hmm. things like ditching, mowing, like I said, swinging the weed eater. I I applied for a job at the DOH when I was a college kid. I said I took a better job, (laughs) better summer gig in a lumberyard. But I'm going to hold out hope here that we can find some people and these types of things can get done yeah. in the matter of a summer now People are you going to be able to do, do all this type of paving it's going to be difficult mm-hmm. i mean yes there are equipment issues there are people issues there are personnel issues there are can you pass the drug test issues i get all of that but i'm going to try to remain a little bit optimistic here mm-hmm. that they can sit down they can come up with a list and surely you can find workforce who says yeah i need to make some money this summer Tom Bloom, again, this was his idea. I think it was a Tom Bloom or Samantha Stone. I can't remember which. It was one of the two. What about bus drivers who work mm-hmm. for Montague County? They got a CDL license. They've obviously passed a drug test. What are they? Do they need work during the summer? Substitute bus drivers. Maybe they're already working for the DOH, the substitute bus drivers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing ideas out there, but I'm going to hold out hope that somehow we Absolutely. can clean some ditches over the summer now is it going to take a lot more work to you know repave route seven which looks like the middle of sarajevo yeah yeah it's going to do some work but i'm holding out hope sarah all right i'm trying look at you but it is an extensive list did you look through this it, it it's is, every road in montegay county it is painful to look at i look I mean, it's every road in harrison county it's mm-hmm. every road in taylor county what a shame mm. It's a shame we've it's been put off this long. The That's can got kicked down the road. People should be ashamed. And that is a mm-hmm. that's a failure at, in Charleston. Yes. That's not you know the men and women who are actually you know boots on the ground workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the county supervisors. I, I'm not this putting this on them. This is an administrative failure. This is an administrative failure. And they Absolutely. should be ashamed. And frankly, they shouldn't have jobs. 800-765-8255. Wow. 800-765-8255. You didn't Sarah, do it. You didn't do your job. You should lose it. Bring in the heat. Yeah. Told you she had that look in her eye. 800-765-8255. <laughs> That's the number. 800-765-TALK. You can uh, text us, 304-TALK-304. You may also tweet at us, at Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. 944. Back after this.
We're talking about your town on WAJR. Three hundred four talk. Three hundred four is the text line. Eight hundred seven six five eight two five five is the phone number. At Dave and Sarah AM is our Twitter handle. At let's see, Coach Kyle Hines tweeting. I like fiery Sarah Josie. Told you she's worked up. Got that look in her eye. Off with their heads, she says. <laughs> right. Ron and Morgan telling. Morning, Ron. Good morning. Hey, buddy. Dave, now where's that steak and shake that you promised me a month ago? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not there, is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, to be honest, that? Ron, I've, I've, with the construction, I've avoided that area. Is, is nothing going in yet? No, it's not going to happen. All right. um, that was a bad location anyhow, I thought. For yeah, that's, that. just, that's not good. I mean, you, that's hard to turn in and turn out of there anyway. But Huh. Yeah, but, you know, we could use a steak and shake. I'm, I'm, I fully uh, support steak and shake. Uh, you know, one road that's not on there, and I don't know if I tuned in late, but I didn't see College Avenue on that list. Did you? You know, Ron, it's funny you bring that up because I, during the break, I got a message from uh, Commission President Tom Bloom, and I've asked him to call in, but I know they got their meeting coming up in just a couple of minutes, so I don't know if he's going to be able to. But he tells me... This is an old list. It's an old supervisor, and none of the roads that he submitted, and I know Tom went out and got a list of like 125 oh, yeah. roads, uh, were on this list. So it, it College <laughs> Avenue may very well not be on the uh, the list that was submitted to the governor. Yeah, well, I looked at the list. I didn't see it, and College Avenue is definitely maintained by the state, and it, it definitely needs resurfaced. Yeah. It's really bad. Well, Ron, we will put in the, uh, we'll put in the word for you. I don't know if it will do okay. any good, but we'll try. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll work on Steak and Shake, too. I'm fully hmm. behind. I fully endorse Steak and Shake, 100%. I'm glad he brought that up. I forgot. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I asked Tom to call, and they have the Montague County Commission meeting comes up in about 10 minutes, so I don't know that he'll be able to. But that was an interesting message he sent mm-hmm. uh, saying that, hey, the, and he would know. He, he went out and he gathered a list of 125 roads. Um, tell you what, let's go ahead and squeeze in the final break, and then we'll spend a couple of minutes here at the end of the show talking about Morgantown Third Ward and uh, the two write-in candidates that will be on your ballot, City of Morgantown, coming up on April 30th. We'll do that next, 952. We'll read a couple of text messages as well. Dave and Sarah. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. 304 Talk 304 is the text line 800-765-TALK 800-765-8255. Uh, text into the show. There is all kinds of manpower. It's called prison help. Okay. Again, I don't it seems like something changed a couple of yeah. years ago, you know, several years ago. I I just I don't know. A um, couple of minutes left in the show. I want to take just a couple of minutes to uh, wade into Morgantown's municipal elections. That comes up April 30th. Early voting starts on uh, April 17th. Talked to Ryan Wallace yesterday. He's moving. Now, he'd already filed to run for city council in the third ward. He's out, but he's going to be on the ballot. So two write-in candidates have uh, filed. 
Richard Dumas and Zach Cruz. Dumas is president of the Wiles Hill Neighborhood Association. Uh, Cruz works with organizations like United, uh, United Way of Mon and Preston Counties, Pantry Plus More. Uh, says democracy only works when other people or when people get involved. Dumas uh, says he believes he can help the city move in a direction that's fiscally and socially responsible and ensure, what, uh, ensure that we're moving in a direction that protects our neighborhoods. So those two are your two write-in candidates. It's going to be interesting to see. Now, now Dumas got the endorsement of Ryan Wallace. That's his seat. He's the one who's going to be moving. Um, got that endorsement. But there are local... I don't know how to, how to describe them. Political groups, I guess, would be the best way to describe them, that have great influence, uh, especially in Morgantown and uh, the greater Morgantown area. Mountaineers for Progress is one of them. Um, this new group I've not heard much about until recently, the Working Families Party. Are you familiar? I'm I, No, I was asking you yesterday how much you knew about them. I didn't I'm not know. familiar with them. I didn't know as much about it. Yeah. But here's the key to this race, as far as a write-in goes. Which one of these candidates gets those that support? Because you only need 1,500 in Morgantown. 1,500 is a magical number. You get 1,500 votes, you're, you're going to be untouchable in the city election because high-end, I think 3,000 people vote. It's just all their I'm not going to get on that soapbox ever again. I'm mm-hmm. done. It doesn't. It's a waste of my breath. So you have an apathetic voting base. You're only going to get about 10% turnout, which is roughly in the neighborhood of 3,000 people, 3,000 to 3,500. You just need about 1,500 votes. Mm-hmm. That's even less than that in some instances. So which one of those two candidates gets the support of those organized and active that's the very key, active political groups in town. I think it's the key to that race, and I think it's the key to all the contested races. Mm-hmm. And it will have an impact. MFP, Mountaineers for Progress, had an impact in 2017. Absolutely. Had an impact in the um, House of Delegates race in Montegalia County. Frankly, they did a great job. Absolutely. They, they got, got out. They knocked mobilized. on doors. Absolutely, they did. They, they galvanized a group of people that otherwise may not have gotten. I mean, it was they've boots done on the a ground. great job. Boots on the ground. Yeah. But who gets the support, though? Who gets the support? Right. That's the question. Oh, uh, that's a question for another day. Guess we'll find out. Luckily, we have a show tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to be live. We're going to be out on location tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Uh, we've been invited. I don't know why to speak to some middle school students <laughs> at Westwood Middle School, Montgomery County. So we said, you know what? Let's take the show there live. We'll be there tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. 906, Dave and Sarah. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.